Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. The deepest need of every human heart is to be loved and to love. And since sin damages love, only God's mercy given to us through Christ, who forgives sin at its very roots, can bring us the fulfillment that we long for and give us true joy. Here's how St. John Paul II put it in his very first encyclical letter. Man cannot live without love. He remains a being that is incomprehensible for himself. His life is senseless if love is not revealed to him, if he does not encounter love, if he does not experience it and make it his own, if he does not participate intimately in it. This, as has already been said, is why Christ the Redeemer fully reveals man to himself. If we may use the expression, this is the human dimension of the mystery of the redemption. In this dimension, man finds again the greatness, dignity, and value that belong to his humanity. In the mystery of the redemption, man becomes newly expressed and, in a way, is newly created. If you are watching this retreat guide, you have already experienced, to some extent, the redeeming power of God's merciful love. But think about all the people who haven't experienced it, who don't even know about it. Think about how different their lives would be if they knew, truly knew, that they are loved infinitely, mercifully, personally, everlastingly by their Creator and Redeemer. And think about how different the world would be if more people believed in and experienced that love. Think about how much more goodness, wisdom, peace, joy, and courage there would be. As Christians, one of our main missions in this world is to spread the good news of this merciful love, to help people experience it for the first time, or rediscover it if they've lost their way. And in another one of God's amazing providential gifts, the more we spread that good news, the fresher it stays in our own minds, the more fully we benefit from it ourselves. As Jesus said, there is more joy in giving than in receiving. St. Paul sums up this great mission that we all share in one short phrase. He writes to the Christians in Corinth to tell them, So we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. Ambassadors for Christ, messengers of God's redeeming and merciful love, bearers of the greatest gift that any human being can ever receive, the sure knowledge that they are loved with a limitless love no matter what. That's part of who we are as followers of Christ. God has sent us out into the world the way leaders of countries send out ambassadors to other countries to be his representatives, his messengers. Christ has given each of us the power to speak in his name, to announce the good news of great joy, as the angels described it to the shepherds on Christmas night, to all the prodigal sons around us, wherever they may be found, at the office, at school, on our streets, in our own families. 
we have been entrusted with the message that the Father is waiting for them with open arms, that God's forgiveness is real, that life can have meaning and true, everlasting joy. Have you ever wondered how the parable of the prodigal son would have ended if the older brother had been a better brother? Let's think about that just for a minute. The younger son abandons his father. The father has to respect that. He can't force his son to love and trust him. He can't go out and try to force his son to come back home. He simply has to wait, hoping that the son will have a change of heart and return. But the older brother doesn't have to wait. He doesn't have to be passive. If he had really cared about his father and his little brother, instead of just caring about himself, he would have gone after him. He would have done more than just criticize and judge him. He would have at least made one or two trips to go and search for him. We can imagine the conversation they would have had if the older brother had found him at the pig farm. The older brother might have said something like, we miss you and we would love for you to come back. The younger brother might have answered, but how can I when what I did was so horrible? Don't worry, we can imagine the older brother saying, just come back, trust me, we'll work it out. You don't have to stay here eating corn husks anymore. How much joy that simple effort, even if it had been unsuccessful, would have given his father. And how much of a help it might have been for his younger brother. And how much meaning and fulfillment it would have brought himself. Each one of us is surrounded by innumerable younger brothers who are lost and sorrowful. The world is full of so many people who have wandered far away from the Father's house and are miserable, not knowing where to turn, not knowing how to come back to their true dignity. It's not hard for us to open the eyes of our hearts to see them. How easy it would be to invite them back to the Father's house to experience God's mercy and how much joy it would bring. To share the good news of God's mercy is really not so hard as we might think. I read an article about an incident that occurred a few years ago that illustrates just how easy it can be. Jim and Thomas were youth group members at a parish in the Midwest. They were chosen to deliver the prize, a food basket, to the winner of their parish rosary society's Lenten fundraising raffle. They called the phone number on the ticket 11 times. No answer. The raffle organizer suggested that they make another drawing, but Thomas wanted to keep trying. He and Jim decided to drive the food basket to the address on the raffle ticket. The address led them through the snowy streets to a rundown apartment building in the poorest side of the city. They climbed the stairs and knocked on the door. No answer. They knocked again. Still no answer. They waited, knocked again, waited some more. Finally, they got back in the car and started to drive away. But a strange feeling came over Jim, and he turned the car around. We're going to try one more time, he said. Thomas didn't argue. This time, their knock was answered by a young woman holding a tiny baby. She opened the door and invited them into the shabby apartment. They sat down on the worn-out sofa. 
As Jim explained the raffle, congratulated her, and presented her with the food basket, Thomas noticed that the apartment was filled with a funny smell. His eyes wandered over to the little kitchenette. He saw that the floor was wet. Then he saw a lighter near the sink and a gas can leaning against the wall. Just then, Jim finished his congratulations speech. Suddenly, the young woman held her baby very close and burst out crying. She pressed her head to her babies and mumbled through her sobs. I was going to do it. I thought nobody cared. Jim and Thomas, Christ's ambassadors, had showed her that God cared, simply by making an extra effort to deliver the food basket. God, in his providence, used that extra self-sacrificing effort to bring his infinite, merciful, redeeming love to a heart that had given up hope. We are all ambassadors for Christ. We've all received the mission to help spread the good news of Christ's limitless mercy, and in so doing, to help spread the transforming power of Christian joy. We're all called to visit the prodigal brothers whose lives intersect with ours. We're all called, now and then, to knock on a neighbor's door just one more time. In a sense, we're all called to be a manifestation of God's mercy to others. This is part of what it means to be ambassadors for Christ. In us, through our actions, words, and example, God wants others to be able to discover what we, at least in part, have already discovered and believe in, the infinite depths of His merciful love. That discovery will lead them into a friendship with Christ and spark an experience of Christian joy. This Lent, let's renew our commitment to fulfill this mission, to be ambassadors of Christ, consciously and actively. One easy way to do this is simply to go out of our way for someone every day this Lent, to give God's mercy a little more space to work in people's lives. We can go out of our way to help someone in little things, like giving up the better parking space, or taking time to actually find information for someone instead of just pointing them to the website. Or, like Jim and Thomas, putting extra effort into fulfilling our normal duties. We can also go out of our way to help someone in bigger things, like taking the family to visit a sick relative in the hospital or the nursing home, or inviting the new family in the neighborhood over for a welcome dinner, or volunteering our most precious resource, time, to reach out to others in need. We can also go out of our way simply to listen to people, to take someone out for a cup of coffee and give them an open ear, to let them know that they really do matter. A conversation like that can so easily become a channel of grace. When we humbly go out of our way for someone, we can show forth God's goodness and mercy. If each one of us makes this resolution, during this Lenten season, God will be able to reach out through us to thousands of prodigal sons and daughters who may be afraid to come back to the Father's house, who may be thinking that nobody cares. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, 
learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.